the more intense the release the release is when you say you get to the chorus it's that's that stuff is really really that that creates powerful songs for the yeah. most part so yeah I, I agree like if you underrated yeah oh yeah i mean the more you wait the more you wait the more you wait the more you wait the, the more tension you create and then when they're actually used to release it's like one of those things where it's like you you find yourself like at a good concert like you like uh, I, I was at, i was seeing the mars volta uh many years ago when they were like really 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 popular i think they were on tour for amputecture was with the record they were touring and uh i went to see them and uh it, the the concert was getting so intense i realized that i was actually starting to crush the, the cup of beer that i had in my hand and didn't even notice it <laughs> I, was like, I was like holy shit this is amazing nice nice yeah um, so wait, hang on. Um, do you have a, do you have a hard stop or do we have time for a few more questions? Uh, yeah, I have time for a couple more. I like talking about music a lot. <laughs> Talked about drummers aren't really melody makers. Drummers are rhythm makers. It's interesting to me. Like I didn't really know the importance of tuning a drum set, you know, I think until maybe even just five, 10 years ago or something. But as a kid, just listening to music, I never really thought about it. Like the snare or the toms or anything like that as being an instrument that you tune. Sure. Um, what What do you try to do in in that array where you can create a little bit of melody and do tune everything in fourths and just forget about it, or does that is that a really picky thing for you? No. Um. A lot of times, uh, when it, like especially like when this with when you're in the studio, a lot of times what you'll try to do is tune the tom toms, uh, or or even go with pitch correction. A lot of times, like, uh, a lot of drums have a specific timbre that they that they sit well in with with tuning ranges so an exact like like a specific note you're i don't know if you're you sometimes you can tune a drum to a specific note and have it in perfect tune say with like a tuner but then again at the same time it's not going to feel right so mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where like you'll you what you really try to do is just get drums uh in tune kind of with itself 
if that makes sense, where you want to make sure that the, the whole drum is resonating and it's, it's not like the, the top head and the bottom head are, are kind of working simultaneously to create the, the sustain and the tone that you're looking for and the feel out of the drum. And then a lot of times in the studio, what we'll do is uh, we'll do a little bit of pitch correction with the tom-toms. So that way they're not clashing with any of the melodies or any of the, any of the chord progressions that are happening in the song. Cause the, uh, and that's one of those things that like, a, a good engineer is going to hear that stuff and is going to fix it. So everything is cohesive. Can you um, fix that in post? Like if it's not even a note, say it's between a D and a D sharp, can you fix that with triggers or anything or like, Yes. Walk us through the high tech aspect of what can be done in post and what can't. Yeah, uh, actually, there's there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of programs where you can actually go into the the actual sound of the of the drum and you can pitch correct it so that it's not gonna it's not clashing with the, the other note that it's that you can hear it clashing with. But that's one of those things too where you're, it takes a, a really really good set of ears to hear that. And yeah. um, and uh, a lot of, there's there's a lot of great producers out there that do hear that stuff and they will go back in and they will fix that stuff in post. Um, in fact, I, I think it's better to have things like that fixed in post rather than trying to spend hours and hours and hours in a studio trying to get a drum. You know, if it's just one drum, it's 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 almost yeah. a waste of time. And and in the studio, time literally is money. For sure, I think that's one thing that people misinterpret about music. Like they know that there's talent compensators out there these days with auto tune and and yeah. melodyne and whatever, but it's not always about oh, that person can't play, we'll just use this program. It's like, you know, a person's singing voice has a, a limited lifespan in a session, and, and are you going to make someone shred their voice to pieces um, when they just did something emotionally amazing and they'll never duplicate that take exactly the same again, but it was off by 10 cents or 5 cents pitch-wise. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing that that software is good for. Um, and I yeah. think it gets, um, that was a lesson that Kel was trying to tell me. I was like, why do we have to pay for tuning? You're a fucking singer. And she's like, it's, that's not what it's for. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's to keep from ripping someone's voice apart when they did something amazing and yep. it was just barely off and you could never, you'll, they'll never do that again. Do you throw away that take? Nope. You don't. Yeah. Either like, I would say, you know, 25 years ago, it would be one of those things where you just, you lived with it. Where it's like mm -hmm. that was that was the take. This part's a little pitchy right here, but holy shit, that was that was amazing. Yeah. Um, and now we have the technology. We're like that take was absolutely amazing. We're gonna fix this little tiny spot with pitch correction right there, and we're yeah. gonna forget about it. And it's gonna be one of those things that no one will be the wiser, and it's completely fine because this is a studio recording, and you can yeah. do whatever the hell you want. If you want to <laughs> shoot fucking lasers off, go ahead. But. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's fine. Whatever, whatever goes in the studio, it's, it's, that's, that's like the canvas. I mean, you get all the paint yeah. you want and throw it around. It's all good. Yeah, for sure. Can you walk me through, um, do you have any, like any sponsors with your kit or with your gear that you want to talk about a little bit? Favorite pieces of gear on, on your kit that you're rocking now? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I have a couple of, uh, I have a couple of endorsements now. I'm working with uh, Vader, Vader drumsticks and mm -hmm. uh, they've been, they've been absolutely awesome. In fact, they've even, uh, put together a, a signature stick that I have, uh, oh, which, sweet. yeah. So it's actually got my, got my own signature on the side of the stick and, and uh, ink that I didn't have to put on there myself, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> is it depth or is it just a standard? It's just a standard stick. It's uh, I, what I use is the Vader Fatback 3A wood tip. And uh, it's just my favorite, 
favorite stick for playing like hard rock metal. It's just, it's a great size. It's, it, it does everything that I needed to do. And, uh, and yeah, Vader drumsticks have been amazing. They've been so great. Uh, they make sure that I've got what I need. I mean, if I'm, if, you know, if I'm here in the UK, uh, I've got uh, a rep that I can call over here and he'll make sure that the sticks are right where they need to be right when I need them. And, uh, and that also goes for, I have, uh, an endorsement with Peisty symbols as well. And, uh, they've been absolutely amazing too. Like it, when it comes to getting me what I need, the sounds that I need, uh, they're, they're absolutely amazing about it. And they, and they make such good symbols. So it's just, it's yeah. a pleasure. It's a pleasure to work with them. It is absolutely. And then uh, I also have a, an endorsement with the uh, Yamaha drums and uh, they've been, they've been pretty awesome. Uh, I, I love the drums. I, uh, I actually right now I'm using a set of uh, live Oak customs by Yamaha and they are the loudest, loudest drums I've ever owned and uh, ever really? had ever. Yeah. Their Oak is, I feel bad for my tech because they're extremely heavy and yeah. uh, they're probably, I, I can say for certain that they are paying the ass to move around. Cause I've had to move my, I've had to move the drum set around my apartment and to and from rehearsal spaces. And it's like, I, drum set is the size of an apartment. <laughs> actually just about, just about it's a, uh, it's big. Epic. It's if big. people haven't been on your website, Derek S as in Sam S Abrams.com, right? Yes, that's it. And is that yeah, your audition footage and stuff on there is just, I mean, stuff that anyone starting out in drums or, or just wants to rekindle their passion for music. Just watch this guy play for a minute and you'll be like, okay, I got to get back into it. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. She actually, so back in the day when you guys were talking about working together again, she, I was like, okay, you know, how good is this guy? Well, you know, where's the band headed, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of being the groupie that I am. And uh, she was like, okay, check this out. And she showed me a video of yours. It was a tutorial on YouTube. Um, and it's, you were sitting there saying the way to drive a rock chorus as a drummer is to picture on the snare drum, the face of like kick the shit out of you in middle school or something like that and just beat the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I'm trying to think about that. That's just, that's kind of an older video. It was uh, yeah. Picture the bully that terrorized you in high school, play it like you want to break it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. So, um, on the music front, I know we're coming up to the top of the hour here. Um, what are you trying to get better at now? As you said, it's constant progression. You can never feel like you've mastered it. Um, where are you trying to go as a musician today? Um, I guess the the direction I'm kind of wanting to head to with with, uh, with my drumming is I I, I, I don't want to so much work towards becoming you know more machine like as 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 good as that is but the, i think the things that are really that really kind of spark me right now are uh just playing more, more playing for the moment as opposed to making sure that i'm i'm following what's happening and, and knowing what's coming up and knowing what's coming up after that but uh the things that i'm really kind of digging is just really like being in the moment when it's happening and and just taking the time to to just kind of take all that in where like a lot of times, especially like when it comes to the compositions with ministry songs, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that happens and there's a lot of stuff that happens in weird places. So like for the longest time, it was me sitting on stage and really just paying attention to the actual composition and making sure that I was conveying everything correctly. Cause you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hit songs that, that we play on stage and it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that they're played absolutely correctly to the way that 
that they're supposed to be played because it's it's my responsibility to convey that to the audience who has come there to hear that song specifically and if i make a mistake in that song then i just ruined it for that that audience listener mm -hmm. and um and that's the one thing that like uh it was i, I kind of struggled with that for a little while where it was like i, I felt like i was maybe focusing a little bit too much on on making sure that I was, I knew what was coming as opposed to just kind of being in the moment and letting it, letting it happen. So that way I can convey the correct energy for the song. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's a constant, you know, I'm constantly learning how to, how to do things and learning how to do, how to do things better. And, and, uh, and at the same time, like not making it seem like I'm practicing on stage. If, if mm -hmm. that's, if that makes sense. So yeah. Well, when you're on tour, I mean, that do you practice between gigs or is that your resting time? It seems like stage is the practice session when you're traveling and exhausted and going as hard as you are now, right? Well, uh, actually, the, the, the practice time is about between eight and ten days before we get on tour. We'll, we'll get together and we'll rehearse eight, eight hours plus a day until we leave. And then we'll have everything set up for, for there. And then uh, it's, it's either performance time or, or rest time. And then... Uh, mm -hmm. And in between there, but a lot of times for me, like if, if, if we have days off, uh, I'll, uh, well, you know, of course we'll go out and we'll see the city of where we're in and we'll, we'll do the touristy stuff, but I, I do like to keep a set of drumsticks with me. And, uh, and if there's something I kind of want to work on, you know, in my hotel room, say with a practice pad or something like maybe just kind of developing a technique or, or, or just trying to keep chops up with, with this, or from, I need to listen to something and just kind of, if I get ideas, like I, I'm always trying to get practice time in when I can, just because it's all I really want to do. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So as we wrap up, I will ask you, um, so Kel's favorite drummer was probably Josh Freeze, as far as I can remember. Um, do you have a favorite, like a hands down favorite, no pun intended? Um, I would say uh, my absolute favorite drummer uh, my favorite drummer to listen to right now and, and watch play is a guy named John Paul Gaster and he plays with the band uh, Clutch and uh, just the the way that he plays and the 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 way that you can just see that he's in the moment all the time and the way that the band plays together is just it's just fucking magic. So he's he's my favorite uh, my favorite drummer. But then like hands down like I guess you'd have to say like all time favorite drummer would be you know the the guys that everybody you know, says changed their life when they were younger, which was like, you know, John Bonham and Buddy Rich and, uh, uh, who else? Uh, Chester Thompson and, um, Elvin Jones, but like the, the other guy that's like a, kind of an unsung hero, which I, I, I implore every drummer listening to right now, you need to go out and listen to more deep purple and check out Ian Pace because that guy is, He's an unsung hero out there. Ian Pace is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nobody Very thinks cool. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like any musician, there's so many out there that are so amazing, but no one has heard of them or they're sitting on a you know, street intersection in Washington, D.C. or something, just yeah. a milk bucket or something. This um, is very true. <laughs> do you have five more minutes? Yes, I do. So what's the furthest from metal that you've ever been musically in a band you're actually playing in? Um, I've, I've played a lot of, a lot of different types of music. I was in a, I was in a country Western band for a while. 
did, <laughs> did, oh yeah. Uh, playing, playing country Western covers, uh, on the weekends with some, with, uh, some buddies of mine. And then, uh, I guess the farthest thing from metal that I've ever done. Well, there's two projects that I was involved with that were very far away from metal. Uh, I did some community theater. I did, uh, uh, what was it? The story of Josephine Baker, which was a lot of jazz standards. And, um, I, oh, I did cool. that yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun because I mean, we were playing two shows a day and five shows on the weekends. So it was two weeks of that. And it was, it was a lot of playing, but it was, it was well worth it because I, I learned a ton from doing that. And then uh, the other one was I worked in a Tibetan rock, uh, a Tibetan pop rock band uh, with the name uh, Melong, M-E-L-O-N-G. If you want to check them out, they're a very interesting band, really cool guys, but it is Tibetan pop rock and it's, very hard to explain, but it's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot, what would be considered a disco beat behind it. Wow. Yeah. It's very that was at the top of my, at the top of my notes, I was hoping we could segue into Tibetan pop rock by the end of the conversation. Right. Exactly. And if that's <laughs> something you've ever heard of before, but yes, they're, uh, they're actually out of Minneapolis and, uh, really? yeah. Uh, I will have they, to check that out. Yeah. Maylong. They're really cool. I had so much fun playing with those guys. And that, that was one of those things where I learned, I learned some really interesting stuff about how, how their music structures work and, and, uh, and just how things work. And, and especially the way that they were able to kind of, you know, merge pop rock and tra traditional Tibetan music together was, was actually really interesting. I, I had a lot of fun working with them. A lot of fun working with them. Yeah, that can be cool. There was an album floating around um, the house of a friend of mine as a kid called Deep Forest. And it was like, what at the time in like the mid to late eighties were like modern beats over African pygmy singing, I think like really traditional, um, like tribal music, tribal hymns and things like that. And just modern beats. And I still listen to that record. I love it. That cool. stuff just goes really well together. You know, that really soulful stuff that just gets handed down through centuries and then, you know, just put a good snare on it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Business. Right. For sure. So what do you think would, would you say would be like the top mistakes that people make when they're trying to learn drums for the first time for the younger people listening? Um, I would say one of the top mistakes that get made would be to think that it's something that you can be self-taught. Um, mm. You can be self-taught so far. You can, you have to sit down with a professional and, and learn certain things. Cause the big thing that happened to me was that I, uh, I, I was self-taught for about till I was about 12 years old. And then when I did sit down with a professional, I learned just how many bad habits I had developed <laughs> with like bad technique. And, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, well, the, the bad habits that I had learned, I mean, uh, having sat down with a professional was, you know, and learning how to read music and read ryth rhythmic notation was, it was very important. And that's only helped me get to where I'm at now was just learning from other people. Cause when you're self-taught, you only know what you know. So mm -hmm. you, you have to talk with a professional. You have to. Awesome. Yeah, definitely take lessons. I think it, it, it makes sense to get ears other than your own on your music as well. You know, otherwise Ab you'll just absolutely. imitate stuff you've always loved and you won't expand. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, thank you for being on the program. Um, I know you've got a, a show, so I won't take up a ton more of your time. Um, if you could, uh, you know, plug anything else that you want to go ahead. If you want to let people know why they should support the Kelly Nicole foundation, get their, get their band merch. Let me know you were on the album. I'll definitely send you a, at least a hoodie. So 
Yes, Go please. Ahead and email me your, your address and I'll get you some Kelly Nicole merch you can hold on to there. That'd be awesome. Yes. I'll, I'll make sure that happens. Um, I, I would say, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't let things bottle up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. get the help that you need to get. It's, it's out there. And now that there's so many, uh, so many outlets, there's so many, you know, foundations to go to definitely check this foundation out. It's there's, you know, it's, it's all for the right cause and it's in the, the heart is in the right place for it too. So that's definitely what makes it special. So I would say, you know, don't let things bottle up, uh, talk about it, make sure that, you know, you know, people know what's going on with you. It's uh, it's important because when people get quiet and they, you know, and they kind of withdraw, that means something's wrong. And, uh, that's what, that's what this is. This, that's what this is for. So for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor. Um, it's an honor listening to you play on, on my wife's album. And um, for those of you who haven't checked out uh, Ministry, go ahead and hit it. For those of you Ministry fans who haven't checked out uh, Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole, I uh, think you'll like it. Check it out. Thanks, Derek. Take care. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!